Welcome back to the Vocal Empowerment Podcast. My name is Gracie, and if this is your first time listening, I am a holistic vocal coach, a spiritual teacher, and pop artist, and I'm so excited to have you back here on the podcast. So I want to talk to you today about trauma, specifically how trauma shows up in the voice. And it's actually 8 a.m. when I'm recording this episode, which is funny because I usually am recording my episodes at 8 or 9 or 10 or 11 p.m. (laughs) But I woke up so excited and inspired to share this knowledge with you all that I had to just jump on and record my podcast earlier than normal. So we can often have trauma stored in the body for so many different reasons. And I want to just tell you the definition of trauma from the dictionary directly is a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. And it's also a physical injury in medicine. So when we're talking about trauma, don't just think about trauma as something severe happens, like you witness a death or you have a severe medical incident or someone close to you has anything like that or severe childhood trauma like being abused by parents or relationship trauma. Those are traumas as well. Those are severe traumas and what we typically think of when we think of trauma. But you can also have trauma in smaller ways. I also want to add that trauma isn't just severe trauma. When we think of trauma, we often think of things like a death or being hurt, physically beaten, something like that. But anything can be trauma stored in the body. And it's really not about the severity of what happens to you. It's about how your body processes it. I want to say that again because I hope this is validating for some of you who feel things really deeply and who feel that they have trauma, but don't feel that their trauma is traumatic enough to be labeled as trauma. I want to say it again. It's not about what happened to you. It's about how your body processes it, from my understanding. Even something like you being on the playground as a kid and other kids leaving you out, maybe not even on purpose, if they're just playing together and you want to be a part of it and they don't recognize that you want to be a part of it and they are playing without you and leave you out and you feel left out and sad from that, that is still trauma. Because your body takes that emotion and if you weren't taught to process the emotion and cry in the moment and feel it, then it gets stored in the body. And it creates stories like people don't like me, or I'm not worthy of having friends, I'm not worthy of being seen, I'm not worthy of being loved. Even just something little like that can create trauma in the body. And especially if it isn't received well, like say you cry and the kids don't know how to soothe you when you're crying and they don't invite you to play with them and they just say, oh, you're being ridiculous or you're being silly or you're a baby, ha ha ha, you're crying. That creates more trauma. So please, recognize that you could have trauma in your body. Can you acknowledge that and see yourself? Because I believe that everybody does. And I believe that past emotions are often running our lives when we don't need to let them. Okay, so I added this little piece back into the podcast after because I thought it was so important to share. But now let's get back to the conversation on the three main types of trauma. 
So our three main types of trauma are acute trauma, which is from a single incident that happens. And this is really awful, but I'm going to tell you an example of this. I have a friend who witnessed somebody committing suicide, um, jumping off of a building. And so that's an acute trauma. It happened once. Chronic trauma is something that is repeated and prolonged, like domestic violence. So in a home situation. Complex trauma, which if you're familiar with CPTSD, that's complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Complex trauma is exposure to multiple traumatic events. Um, And it's usually when they're like someone really close to you, from my understanding. So if it's with a parent when you're younger, that creates CPTSD and complex trauma. And most of us have heard of the book, The Body Keeps the Score. And that book basically talks about how your body remembers everything. So when something happens to you, your body holds on to the emotional energy of that trauma. Makes sense, right? Well, since your voice is in the body, it makes sense that your voice would hold on to that trauma as well. So I work with a lot of singers that have pretty severe anxiety and trauma, and I have severe anxiety and trauma as well, (laughs) which is how I can work with people that have experienced this and empathize and understand their experience. Because for me, if you've listened to my story, and if this is your first time listening to this podcast, welcome. I invite you to go back and listen to the second episode that I recorded. It's called How I Found My Inner Voice because I share a lot about my story on that episode. But I've been through many traumatic experiences in my life. I also have CPTSD, which is complex post-traumatic stress disorder. So again, when you have complex trauma, it's repeated multiple traumas, exposure to a bunch of different traumatic events. That's what I have, because I've been through so many different traumas. And I've struggled with pretty severe anxiety my entire life. And as a result of my anxiety... I had a lot of anger and anger is stored in the body. Now I know from research and experience that anger is mostly stored in the gut, but for me, a lot of my anger was getting caught in my throat. So I would yell a lot. I would scream a lot. I was a super angry child. I mean, my theory is that I came out of the womb angry because I was born premature and my sister, I'm an identical twin sister. My sister had all of the blood and nutrients in the womb and I was suffering and almost died as a baby. So I think I was actually born pretty traumatized (laughs) and I was born with severe trauma already and born with a lot of anger. And then, you know, life events and other traumas in my life have created a very traumatized person. And I'm not saying that to say that I'm a victim. It's just a fact. (laughs) And so all of that was showing up in my singing voice. And I didn't realize it until I damaged my vocal cords entirely from screaming because I was angry. And when I say I was screaming, I mean I was getting really upset just taking my anger out on the people closest to me. And my throat was always tight and tense and I wasn't aware of it. And when you have tight throat muscles, it's really hard to sing with proper technique because you are constantly lifting your larynx and tightening those muscles and it's tightening the vocal folds themselves and it's making it harder for your vocal folds to separate and come together. 
And so that's what I was experiencing, but I wasn't aware of it at all. I just knew that I felt really angry and I was feeling, I mean, I didn't even realize it until after my surgery because I had vocal cord surgery. I was constantly tightening my throat because I didn't feel like I could express myself. I felt angry and I didn't feel safe to express that anger. And listen, I have severe trauma. I've been through many traumatic experiences in my life. And I also have complex trauma like we've talked about. But you could have smaller traumas even just with singing and your experience singing. And I have those too, so I'm going to share them with you. And this podcast is not just me telling you all my traumas. (laughs) Hopefully that's not the way it's coming across. I just want to share my experience and how I have come to understand the way that trauma is stored in the voice because now it's actually what I do for a living. I teach people how to understand their trauma that's stored in their voice and in their body and release it so that their singing feels free. So I actually have trauma from working with a specific vocal coach who, you know, when you're singing, it's very, very vulnerable. And you want to make sure that you are singing and practicing your singing, especially if you have trauma. You want to make sure you're practicing your singing in an environment that feels very safe and loving and very supportive and where the person isn't going to project their stuff onto you when you're singing and being vulnerable and sharing your voice. Because the voice is an instrument in the body, it's a very personal experience when you're singing. It's not like a guitar where, you know, you don't take it personally when the tone of your guitar doesn't sound correct. But with singing, we do because it's such a personal experience. And so I want to share about a trauma that I have from a past teacher of mine. So this teacher was a very famous opera singer. And well, maybe not famous, but she was well known as an opera singer. And she worked with me on my singing. And I remember one moment when I was having a hard time bringing my tongue forward to say my ah vowel. Typically with singing, you want to bring your tongue kind of toward the back of the bottom teeth and have a flat tongue when you're singing an ah vowel to have enough space for that vowel. And my ah vowel was constantly getting swallowed in the back of my throat, like, oh, like think old lady in church. I was having a really, really, really hard time getting my tongue to move forward. And if you're not familiar with singing technique, you want to have as open and free of a sound as possible. And the way that I teach this is you want your tongue to be forward, your jaw dropped. You want your soft palate to be lifted. You want everything to be as open as possible so that you have enough space for the sound. And I was having a really hard time with this. This was back before I had made the connection between trauma and the voice. And this was actually before my vocal cord surgery as well. So just to give you some context, this teacher, instead of having compassion and saying, that's okay, it takes the body some time to get used to being in this certain way, because that's the way that I teach. And that's what I've known now after this experience and after going through vocal cord surgery. What I've learned is that it takes the body some time to catch up with what the brain is telling it to do. So when you're singing, you don't want to put so much pressure on yourself to get it right, you know, with tongue position and jaw position and soft palate and placement and all that stuff, because it takes the body some time to catch up and form the new habits. Well, my teacher didn't tell me this. All she said to me was, 
I'm thinking that you just shouldn't be a singer at all. And you should try to pursue something else. Do you have any other career options in mind? And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, if you can't get this awe vowel forward, then you just shouldn't be a singer at all. You should just pursue a different major. I was studying voice at the time, by the way. And it was awful. From that moment on, I actually had trauma in my tongue connected to that moment. And I know that sounds insane. Maybe I'm assuming that you're thinking I sound insane. I don't know. But it makes sense, right? From that moment, I had trauma stuck in my tongue. And that trauma in my tongue was connected to you shouldn't be a singer at all. And that was connected to nobody wants to listen to you, which is another trauma that I have from childhood. (laughs) So all of that was stuck in my tongue, all of that energy of that emotion. And so when I would go to sing and bring my tongue forward, it would be really hard for me to get the tongue to move forward because the tongue would resist moving forward because I had that trauma stored in the tongue. So it wasn't until I addressed the fear of, you should just not be a singer. You should choose a different career path. The thing that you love most in the world and the thing that you want to do is not for you. You need to pick something else because you're not good enough. That was the feeling and the trauma behind all of that. Once I let myself address it and cry and feel the emotions and go to worst case scenario and really heal from that experience, I was able to sing my ahs freely and get my tongue forward. So do you see how trauma can be stored in the voice? And this is just one example. I have thousands. When we are looking at the singer, we have to look at the whole person, not just the voice. And that is what I think this teacher did wrong. And yes, she was older. She didn't know. I'm grateful that we live in a time where so many people are working through trauma healing and becoming more informed about how the emotions affect us. I'm so grateful for that. And I feel that I'm playing a big piece of this with singing due to my experience. And what I want to teach you is that if you are struggling with something in the voice, it could be related to an emotion. If you've been practicing something over and over and over again, and it's just not getting to where you want it to be, it could very likely not be about just your vocal technique. It could be an emotional thing. And in your life, if there's something that you're working towards and you're not getting the results that you want, it could be related to emotions. Emotions are very, very powerful, and there's still not that much research yet to show how much the emotions in our bodies affect us. I personally believe that all disease, most disease, is caused by emotion. I personally believe that if you have any sort of illness or issue in the body, it's an emotional issue first. And it could even be something that's passed down to you through generations. And same with the voice, truly. That's what I believe. I think that if you have a parent that didn't believe that they were worthy of speaking up and had a hard time using their voice, 
and felt like they had to people please and be walked all over and couldn't say what they really want to say and couldn't say no and couldn't stand up for themselves. I believe that that gets passed down to the child. And I believe that if you are acknowledging these things, then it is a part of your purpose and your life's mission to heal it so you can help other people. That's what I'm here to do. So I hope that this episode was helpful for you. This is the core of the way that I teach singing. It's trauma-informed. I help you connect to your emotions through singing. I help you process your trauma and your emotions through singing. And that is what I want to teach to the world because... I thought that I loved singing because I loved being the center of attention and being in the spotlight. And I do, trust me. I love, (laughs) love being the center of attention. I adore being in the spotlight. But that's not really the main reason why I love to sing. I love to sing because it helps me feel deeply connected to myself and it helps me to process my trauma and my emotions. Thank you guys for listening to this. It's truly been a gift to share this story and this experience with you. And I hope that you enjoyed listening to it. If you want to stay connected, I am on Instagram at Gracie Calvinesso. You can also send me an email, Gracie at MindfulSingingStudio.com. I am a holistic vocal coach in Nashville, Tennessee, and my business is called Mindful Singing. If you're ever interested in working together, all of the links for that will be in the show notes. I hope that you got a lot out of this episode. I know that I loved sharing this story with you. And if you liked it, please rate and review the podcast on Apple and Spotify. It helps me so much to get this podcast in the ears of other people that can really benefit from it. All right, guys, that is it for this week. Thanks for listening to the Vocal Empowerment Podcast, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.